0: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com businessgoldcard. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr.
2: I'm Scarlett Foo.
1: And sports analytics has become a big part of sports culture. From front offices using advanced metrics to help build rosters, to sports fans looking to stats to help them build their fantasy rosters, like a certain newsman I know.
2: Like a certain newsman that we both know. And with more states legalizing sports betting, there are obviously more and more customers looking for that guidance on who and what to bet on.
1: The Action Network is setting itself up to be the one-stop shop source that fans can be looking for to learn what they're doing in the growing new frontier of sports betting and analytics. And let's welcome Action Network CEO Patrick Keene. Patrick... Welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports.
3: Thanks for having me. We're now uh, 10 days away from the first NCAA football game, which for us, NCAA football and the NFL is sort of Christmas plus Hanukkah plus New Year's plus Thanksgiving, <laughs> all, rolled, all rolled into one.
1: Yeah, so listen, I, it, I, I remember back in the day when you wanted any football news about 30, 40 years ago, you had to watch the NFL today with – Brent Musburger, Phyllis George, Irv Cross, Jimmy the Greek. That was it. That was all you had. And now today you have so much out there with your your venture and and other ventures. It's a crowded market out there now, especially with uh, sports betting going on in America.
3: It, it certainly is. And And, you know, to that point, I've also been somewhat surprised that I haven't seen some of the larger media companies invest even more here. It's really been startups like ours. We were recently acquired by a company about 15 months ago, but you know it's been surprising that ESPN hasn't maybe delved in mm. as much as one would have assumed and some of the other large media companies. But the reality of sports betting with this being a multi-multi-billion-dollar industry and opportunity is franchise values of teams are going up, media rights are going up, and, and sports betting is certainly playing a part in that.
2: I'm so glad you bring up ESPN because obviously the company Disney just had its third quarter earnings call and sports betting definitely came up on the call. And we know that Dan Loeb, the activist investor, uh, has been pushing for Disney to spin off ESPN and maybe merge uh, with a sportsbook operator uh, or some kind of technology provider. What do you think is the holdup? I mean, we know, according to Bob Chapek, who runs Disney, that uh, the company has been in lots of conversations, long-time conversations uh, with multiple sportsbook platforms.
3: Yeah, I think for ESPN, I think they're really trying to determine what they, destin- what they ultimately want their destiny to be. Do they want to be a sportsbook? So to have their own brand to be licensed in all the states that they need to do so, uh, that's a business with very slim margins. It's a very competitive market. Uh, all the leading sportsbook operators have been a, you know in pitched battle for a few years now, and there 's a lot of blood out there so do do they instead want to be sort of a rent the brand for payment kind of business, which is something that 's being entertained, or the other one, which is a little bit more like ours, do you want to be an affiliate business where you 're actually converting your customers to other sports books and be essentially the sort of Switzerland of sports betting and we, you know we like that business because we 're able to uh, Point our users to all the different books and get fees from the conversions that we make to those books, and also lifetime value for the betters that are on this platform. So it'll be interesting to see if ESPN's course is going to be. It seems to me they're probably going to rent the brand to someone.
1: Speaking of media marriages, your company recently announced a partnership with the Chicago Tribune to provide sports betting content to the publication. Now that's going mainstream, and I'm just wondering. Is it just going to be the Chicago Tribune? Can it go to many different newspaper publications or or wherever?
3: Absolutely. And I think all of those uh, traditional media brands see, just as I mentioned, franchise value and media rights going up they see this big opportunity as well. So in addition to the Tribune, we've also partnered with the New York Post, and we've partnered with the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, and those three publications have something in common. They're in legal, mobile sports betting states, and that's where you can generate real revenue is when you're converting your users to those sportsbook book platforms. Uh, and those are considerable fees that they can get in businesses that are challenged from a circulation and an advertising perspective to be able to turn their massive audience of users onto other other sportsbooks.
2: So when we talk about the growth of sports betting in the US, I'm curious to hear from you what you see in terms of the fastest growing demographic. Is it the under 30 group? Is it the Michael Barr cohort? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Is it women? Give us a breakdown. What surprises you about where the growth is?
3: A little bit of surprise, starting to see more women come into the fold, uh, for sure. This is certainly a category that, that is, is is very much uh, young males. Uh, that's what we see in our platform, that sweet spot being kind of 23 to 35. Um, but as more and more states become legal and come online, that you're just going to start to see just a, a broader demographic mix. You know, I mentioned... You know, New York happening earlier this year was massive for us and massive for the category. And New York instantly became the largest market by several orders of magnitude. And one thing that surprised me, and there's a a company called GeoComply that does some research to understand where users are when they're betting and when they're signing up for books. And, you know, I thought that there would be more people that were freaks like me that would take the path train to New Jersey to, to bet before New York became legal. But of all New York bettors, only like, single digit percentage were also registered in New Jersey to bet, so that says that in a lot of these markets the opportunities are, are is so large and the the white whale that we're all waiting for right now is California that could be mm. next year oh my
2: so I have a quick follow- up to that. are these casual sports fans who are coming because of the excitement of betting, or are these hardcore sports fans that you're converting into into betters?
3: yeah, it's a good question you know when I look at the the sophistication of the betters uh, that are coming to these books, our users are a little bit more sophisticated than the broader market because, you know, remember, we have subscription products. We have a lot of different sort of more advanced tools and analytics and that, that are really informing a more avid sports better. But the real opportunity in this market is going to be to get casuals, those people who are on their way to a Yankee game and want to put five or $10 on the game to have a deeper vested interest in the game um, as opposed to someone who's, you know, has a wallet of thousand, a thousand dollars on an NFL weekend. Uh, you know, for this industry to become very big, we need those casuals because the reality of this business is, and we have to be honest here, it's entertainment. You know, there certainly are people out here who are professional betters or for betting more than their means might, might, might make sense to But You know, if you're really good at betting, unlike your colleague there, who seems to have been doing pretty well, you're good like 50 and a quarter percent of the time. So this really is entertainment and the books have decades of experience of creating these odds and and, and making sure that they're going to be profitable businesses.
1: Well, let's be honest. The Los Angeles Dodgers had a 12-game winning streak, and I rolled that bad boy from start to finish, man. <laughs> that was that was you. That, that's part of it, also. I think you're apt not only for the athlete, but you break down the team if I'm reading it correctly, and and you can see where a team may be where hey they're they're on a roll here. Uh, the Mets were on a roll at one point. Uh, you know that's important if you're out there betting and, and you're trying to catch streaks.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and and you know it truly is. There, there are certain sports that are uh, harder to bet than others. You know, the NFL is probably historically one of the toughest sports to be profitable in. Um, they're just those lines. Why is that? So because the bookmakers are just so good and the lines are so accurate. Um, and you know the books are trying to create risk on either side, whether it's the, uh, you know, the the favorite or the non-favorite. And, um, you know, things like the WNBA and tennis, you can probably get a little bit more edge uh, when you're thinking about sort of historical betting and how people do so. Uh, and one thing that's really unique to our platform is you're ele- you're able to track your bets in the Action Network platform. So you're able to see historically how you've done against certain sports, certain tactics, and be able to see how you've historically done. So almost like a a yahoo finance if you will for your sports betting success and or failure if you're my case but um you know there's there's you'll you'll really see over time that the house the house is going to win
0: take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit u.s restaurants and gas stations that's the powerful backing of american express Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash card. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds.
2: The house always wins. That, well, I agree
1: with you, and and that's something people need to realize is that if you're going to go and do the have fun. Now, yeah. I had fun, and I'll be honest. I, I had $300, and I, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do an experiment uh, on my sports betting. When did this start? This started about, oh, I want to say a month and a half, two months ago. Okay. And ran it up to $4,200. Now, that's over a month and a half, a two On what months. sports? Well, on baseball, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and I pretty much stayed on that, uh, But because that's really the only thing that's going on in town for the most part. But it, the point is, if you're going to do it, it, you know, take it slow, and, and, and you hit the nail on the head, Patrick. Don't go out there and, you know, I'm, I'm putting two grand on this game, and boy, here we go, and it's like, then you lose, and then it's like, you know, I, I shouldn't have done this. No, you, be responsible manage your bankroll, and hopefully you'll get lucky like I did.
3: One thing I've been really uh, interested to see, and we have partnerships with virtually all of the leagues and rights holders to some degree, you know, except one being the NFL, for not so surprising reasons, uh, being the juggernaut that they are, but you know, I love to bet on, on golf. Golf to me is one of the fun bets you can do because you're essentially getting a future Mm. that clears in a weekend and you can do matchups and you can do lots of interesting things. So we have a partnership with the PGA tour and all of our content uh, is branded golf that kind of brought to you by PGA tour. And uh, you know, they're a very forward thinking league that sees betting as an opportunity to sort of grow their business and grow their audience. And, Frankly, as a golfer myself, I've never put a tee in the ground without money being on it in some way anyway. So um, that, that's that been fun to see that growth.
2: Can you therefore not make arrangements to bet on live golf
3: tournaments then? Uh, well, we, you know, I, I don't. And, you know, there are some books that have odds. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm team PGA Tour.
1: That makes, yeah. I, I had I to
3: ask.
2: That. I mean, everyone takes a side in this in this civil war. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Now, I want to add too. By the way, is probably one of the best things you can do if you're lucky enough to win money. Uh, My wife made sure to take half of what I won. So smart woman. That she's an extremely smart woman. So it's like I've locked something up in a profit. And I guess that's what I'm trying to tell everybody. She made you cash out, basically. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> she did. She's like, you know, it, listen, you cash out, and you know, and, and that's fine. Have fun with it, folks. I, I, I will preach this until the cows come home, that this is something that you have an app, and, you know, that it's a brilliant app, not just for betting, but when you're putting your fantasy sports team together, as we mentioned in the beginning, because we're at that time of the year now where everybody's putting their team together, and everybody has their little... entry fee to get in for the year, go and do that. Have some fun. And this app, Patrick, uh, really plays into that.
3: Yeah, we need you to download the Action Network app and start tracking your picks, so I can follow you and tell you, and and when your streak ends, I can save you. (laughs) That might not
1: be long.
2: The bar indicator.
1: (laughs) No, but I mean, the fan, this is fantasy season, and this is this is a big time for you guys because uh, a lot of people are out there now uh, getting ready for fantasy uh, football, and which is uh, the NFL is king, and this is when everybody really gets into it.
3: And one one thing that's really interesting about fantasy that that, that sports betting has been a uh, a beneficiary of is the explosion of prop betting. So with fantasy, uh, you know, you're obviously You know, betting on the statistics of the team that you build in your running backs and wide receivers, quarterbacks, etc. And with prop betting, you can bet every weekend on, you know, the over under of number of of passing yards or touchdowns or really kind of playing in that way. And less sophisticated bettors love prop betting because it's easy and they're used to it from fantasy.
2: What does your data show in terms of bettors and um, the need to watch the game live?
3: That's a hard thing to determine, and it's an excellent question, and one that I sort of, as a user myself, and as a better myself, when I think about, you know, a rocket Sixers game that's, you know, a thirty point blowout, but I might be on the Sixers plus twenty. You know, I'm going to watch that game longer than I would in the in the in the past. So I think all the rights holders definitely have the feeling that these users are sticking around and there is value there. But the quantification of that reality is very difficult to do. And I try to get the leagues that are partners of ours to try and explain it, but I haven't been able to necessarily quantify it. Um, But I I just use case of one. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's something that I constantly do. I'm watching a game based on that um, and sticking around longer. It's a
2: hypothesis, but um, I'm I'm curious whether it always plays out that way.
3: And and that's been the presumption for fantasy as well. Um, I think... Uh, you know, holding on for does that person clear 100 yards uh, at the at the at the end of a fourth quarter? That's a blowout for the Bills and the Eagles. You know, we'll see, but uh, I, I think for sure it's happening. And where I think with more and more states coming online, we'll start to see more because you know there's 20 mobile states today, um, and we'll see how more and more states start to, to legalize. That as that happens, I think we'll be able to quantify this with a little bit more certainty.
1: Now, you guys have launched BetSync with DraftKings. How has that been going?
3: BetSync is a really innovative product. So it's a patented asset that we built that allows you to, if you place a bet with DraftKings or BetMGM or Parks or PointsBet, that bet that you've placed in their app and their platform is automatically synced or, as I like to say, automagically synced into the action network app. So instead of having to manually put your picks in the action app, they're seamlessly going to go into that. So I think it's a great thing for the books because again, those users don't have to manually track their picks. And the reality of sports betters is they're going to bet where they're going to see the best prices and odds and brand loyalty is less of a reality for a sports better. Um, You know, I, I, think of it in the same way, in some degree, you know, we are like the Expedia or Travelocity of sports books. And oftentimes Someone just wants the flight to Fort Lauderdale to be as cheap and convenient as possible. Similarly, when they're placing a bet on a certain game, they want to use a book that has technology that makes it easier for them to track those picks. Because, you know, most bettors have three, four or five different apps on their, on their phones due to the offers that are being generated by those books. But BetSync is is a really revolutionary product uh, in, in, that we've been able to build.
2: So when you look at sports betting, it's still relatively new in the U.S. in terms of legalized sports betting. Um, and making available on, on platforms and, and officially, of course. What do you learn when you look at what's been happening in the U.K., in Europe, where it has been legal? What, what does that tell us about what sports betting will look like in the U.S. in, say, two years' time, five years' time, when the market is more mature?
3: That's right. And, you know, one of the realities that I think is, is, is really interesting when you look at European markets is the – uh, live betting, in-game betting, is much more, larger in Europe than it is in the U.S. So that's, you know, you're watching a, a premiership match and you're betting on the number of corner kicks in the second half kind of thing. Um, and in the U.S., most of the betting is, is really pregame and futures and things of that nature. And again, I mentioned prop betting, but I really do believe as we see more and more states come on board, users are going to do more live betting, um, which, is, which has been a, a really, you know, 60, 70, 80% of betting in Europe is live betting. Uh, in the u s it's well less than fifty percent
1: that is hard because that's like the stock market uh, and and just to give people what we're talking about, let's say, for instance, you're watching a football game and uh, you you have the set odds that have started at the beginning of the game. Well, now, all of a sudden, one team scores a touchdown. Well, that's going to evolve as the odds change and people are trying to keep up. Now, some people would then bet and say, hey, you know what, they're not going to hold that lead and then go the other way. It, It really is hard. You have to be, Patrick, involved in the game to take advantage of it
3: that's true and and one area that i personally brought probably the most in live betting is ncaa basketball where momentum is such a big part of those games where sometimes you know i'm clearly obviously not always right but you're watching you know a villanova game and they're down 10 and they're favored by five points and they're going on a run and you know those odds can change instantaneously and, and and yes it's difficult and yes it's a challenge, but it's something that again makes the game more fun and has you want to have you has you wanting to stick around a little bit more. But yeah, I, to get back to the point of looking at Europe versus the U.S., I think you're going to see live betting truly grow here.
2: Is there ever live betting on or betting in general on the Olympics?
3: You know, it, there is. It's probably it's a little less prevalent. Um, you know, there's there's different rules around betting that certain states sort of enact. As an example, in New York, you can't bet on New York uh, college teams. Um, the same as for uh, New Jersey. Uh, I think that's a little strange, and, and if you're going to have sports betting, it might as well be sort of open to all sort of markets. But, um, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see, as an example, the World Cup. You know, we didn't really have a fully legal mobile market uh, in the U.S. four years ago, and we do now, and it'll be interesting to see. The reality is, unfortunately, the World Cup is going to be competing with uh, college and and professional NFL football, so which are commanding the lion's share of of markets of investment. But we'll see what happens with the World Cup. I think that, to me, is going to be more interesting than, than, say, the Olympics.
1: We're running out of time, Patrick, but I want to give a shout-out to you guys. The Action Network officially launched its website in January of 2018. Why that is important? Because that's five months before the Supreme Court lifted the federal ban on sports betting. So my question is, how did you see it coming?
3: We, we had always believed that, look, that the U.S. was going to legalize sports betting. It's too big of a market, too big of an opportunity, and too big of a tax uh, opportunity for the states to not legalize. And, you know, w- we as a team in the Building Action Network, we're bettors, we're content consumers, we're product people, and we love technology. And we always thought that there needed to be something in the market that was really – Uh, devoted to sports bettors that were kind of in the shadows and that were tracking their bets on post-it notes and in google spreadsheets and things of that nature and let's kind of bring it out of the shadows We, we are confident that we're going to see legalization and and we were right and you know, to the tune of the company being acquired for $240 million uh, 15 months ago.
1: Action Network CEO Patrick Keene, fade me now because <laughs>
3: I, I've been, the wife has taken half
1: the stake. So you go this,
2: out on top, Barr.
1: I'm going to go out on top now. <laughs> Patrick, thank you so much for talking with us and giving us your insight and your
3: knowledge. We really do appreciate it absolutely thanks for your
1: time this is the bloomberg business of sports podcast i'm michael Barr, along with scarlet foo catch us here each and every monday wednesday and thursday exploring the world of money and sports and catch me on twitter at big bar sports
2: i'm on twitter at scarlet foo
1: you're listening to bloomberg business of sports on bloomberg radio around the world